Hello, I'm Dr Gemma Gilchrist. I'm a clinical psychologist from Mind My Health, which is based in Sydney, and I'm also the co-owner of Treat Me, Treasure Me. And today I thought we'd come and talk about being frightened of the cancer coming back, actually. And um, the term that if you read about it, uh, you'll see in research and so on is fear of cancer recurrence. But um, really feeling worried about the cancer coming back and facing that possibility is something that pretty much everybody does at some point uh, when they've been when they've been diagnosed with cancer and treated for cancer and the first thing I want to say is that is completely and entirely normal and how long it lasts actually varies a lot and some people really say to me oh look I'm so fed up with this constantly being on my mind how do I get beyond it? How do I stop feeling anxious? And, um, you know, for some people, the feeling fades away reasonably quickly. But for many, many, many more, it lasts and lasts. And for some, it can last for years. And it has its peaks and troughs. And it can be a bit of a roller coaster, as most of these sort of, you know, complex things can be. Um, but certainly feeling worried about um, cancer coming back is something that's universally shared not only for the people that went through the treatments themselves the patients but also for those you know those around them those that care about them those that love them so I wanted to talk about a little bit about uh, what what fear of cancer recurrence actually is and then we're going to go through some tips and pointers of things that you might want to think about to help okay so the first thing I think to, to be aware of, of um, with being frightened that the cancer will come back is for some people actually that fear starts Right at the beginning, right at the first diagnosis, they're already thinking about, okay, you know, I'm doing the treatment, but, but what's after the treatment? But I think it's fair to say that for most people, as they come towards the end of treatment is when they really start to think about it. So when the appointments slow down, not coming to the hospital quite so much, not so many appointments with the doctors, then it can feel like the apron strings are cut and, um, and people can feel pretty unsafe, actually. And... Um, and some people who've had a lot of treatment and have been in, you know, involved in cancer services pretty intensely for sort of 18 months or something, that experience can be quite diff different from someone who may have, for example, had a mastectomy for a, for a pre-cancer or DCIS and they've decided, oh, you know, gosh, I've had this mastectomy, but whoa, I'm discharged already. And so, you know, it's different, obviously, for everyone's experience, but um, for most people, it starts to kick in really at the end of treatment. So there's a really good chance to think, okay, how am I gonna take control of this thing? Okay, rather than just simply waiting for the cancer to, you know, for the cancer, the fear of the cancer to fade away and go away, actually do something about it, you know? And share it, share that feeling with the people that you know, because you might feel like you are uh, insecure and unsure, but people around you might feel like Hey, you feel great. Hey, the treatment's done. How wonderful. You know, they might expect you to feel elated and relieved and grateful and, and you know, and just, you know, enlightened that you've got this sort of life back. And actually for most people, and we'll talk about this in another blog, but, but for most people, they don't feel that way at all. They actually feel pretty lonely and scared and isolated and worried about how to say to the people that, that they care about, look, look, I don't feel the way that maybe, you know, I should feel or other people expect me to feel but what I do feel is is kind of scared and worried so if you're one of those people feeling scared and worried tell tell other people around you share that because they can't be expected to know if you don't share it okay 
So what do you do about feeling frightened about the cancer coming back? Well, step one is don't try and do that alone and tell the medical team, your treating team, that you feel scared of it coming back and get the information that you need. So maybe there are some things that you can do to redu reduce the risk uh, for your particular cancer. Okay, and maybe that's about some of the treatments that you might be recommended to have. Um, and maybe it's not, maybe it's lifestyle factors. Okay, now obviously there aren't these things that we can intervene with with every cancer. We don't have that level of understanding yet about, about causes and, and effects of cancer. But sometimes there are things that you can do and it's worth having a chat to your medical team to say, look, you know, what are things that I can really make a difference in? And then be flexible and think about how they might actually apply to your lifestyle. Okay. And I say that it's really important to get proper information. Don't go just randomly searching on the internet for things that you think might help. Some of those are evidence-based, many of them are not. And if you think, you know, the day before you took a job or the day before you got married, you didn't actually think, or hopefully you didn't think, um, I'm going to search on the internet and speak to everyone who's ever been married and see exactly what they think about whether I should got, get married or whether I should take this job or whatever particular thing it is. Because you know what? They might not be right and they might not be you. They're not you. So please really think twice about searching for all this random stuff on the internet about whether or not it's actually going to help you. The internet doesn't know your story and your particular set of circumstances and your medical team and your support team are more likely to be able to, of course they don't have all the answers, but they're more likely to be able to target things for what you need. So get the information you need. Part of getting that information that you need is understanding the surveillance that you need. Okay, so follow-ups differ. They differ for every cancer. They differ for, for often about where you're treated as well. Whether you're treated in a metropolitan centre, whether you're treated rurally or remotely, what kind of specialist access you have. And so just chat with your team. You know, how often do I come along? How often, you know, do I see, which doctors do I see? Which doctor follows me up? Is it a medical, medical oncologist? Is it the radiation oncologist? Is it the surgeon? Is it a combination of all three? Is it my GP? You know, and don't forget your GP and your follow-up. Your GP has often been a really, really important part of your care and they will continue to be. So think about and chat with your team about who do I ask for particular things? If I've got a particular symptom, I want to know who to go to and I want to know how to get a hold of them. So, you know, find out who follows up, what, what surveillance you actually need, and make sure that you're not falling through the cracks of a particular system, because sometimes that does happen, you know. Um, cancer, cancer treatment and follow-up is complicated. These are big systems, they're marvellous systems for the most part, but you need to be engaged in that yourself and understand, you know, what is it that, that you really, really need to do. And if you don't really, really know, you know then you've got to ask, okay? When, when, you know, when I was talking about don't search on the internet and all that sort of stuff, you know, be sensible what you're searching, be sensible about who you listen to in your personal life too. A lot of people that will start with, oh, you know, gosh, how wonderful, you know, that you finished your cancer treatment, but gosh, my aunt did that, and then you'll never know what happened to her because blah, blah, blah. No, you don't need to listen. Put a stop to those kind of people because sometimes they're just talking and even as they're talking they're thinking why am i saying this but yet this drivel is still coming out of their mouths stop 
you know, say, look, I only listen to stories with happy endings, and I really know it's it's well-meaning, but I just want to stay with my own bit at the moment. You know, I'm listening to my team, and I'm listening to those people that are looking after me, and that that's what matters to me at the moment. So thanks, but you know, kind of let's just not go there. Find some words that you can choke out that you feel comfortable saying to go, no, okay? You feel vulnerable, and when you feel vulnerable, you need to have feel as if you've got reliable, dependable strength and security around you. And people putting their two, you know, cents worth, two bobs worth in all the time is going to be really, really unhelpful. The other thing that's unhelpful is turning into a complete stress bucket and monitoring every single symptom all the time. It's normal, it's normal, but it's not helpful. Okay, and it takes time to trust your body again. Lots of people feel like they've lost trust in their body. And trust takes time to earn, it really does. So, you know, if you're one of the people that feels like you've lost trust, then know your body, start to relearn your body and pay attention. You know, we often talk to things, to people about something called a two week rule. You know, if you've got a symptom, watch it, watch it for a couple of weeks. If it's progressing, Talk to someone about it. Talk to your GP about it. Talk to your treating team about it if you're going to see them. Don't just ignore it. It's like when you see on the on, on kind of all the adverts, you know, if symptoms persist, see your doctor. Same in this. And a lot of the time what you'll find is the headache that you thought was a brain tumour or, you know, the, the tummy ache that you thought, oh my goodness, now there's cancer spread to my tummy. You know, think twice. It is normal to have these thoughts. It's normal for us to have these thoughts and we work in cancer care all the time. So you've got to work out what to be alert about and what to be alarmed about and what you need to do. And that takes time. And to be perfectly honest with you, for most people, it's going to take at least a year after you were diagnosed and for lots of people more like two. It's not always going to be that intense, but it is going to be around for a long time. The health anxiety is normal. Try not to get really, really crabby with the doctors when they don't scan you at the drop of a hat. They are having to find a very, very careful balance between scanning you to do something about it, scanning you for peace of mind, and realizing that scans have to have a purpose, and some scans, if you do them too often, come with a risk of exposure, okay? So trust your doctor, to be able to talk with you openly about which scans you really need that are going to affect your health, that are going to affect your treatment outcomes, and which scans actually might just be about patting you. Now we, you know, some people say, that's it, I give in, just stick me in the CT scanner and I'm just gonna live in there for two years because then I'll be okay. Clearly, you can't do that, okay? So really engage the people that are looking after you about what you feel like you need and what they're offering. And sometimes if you don't feel like you've got a lot of confidence in your treating team, own it, do something about it. You know, talk to your team about that. If you're not getting anywhere with your team, think about other people or other medical teams um, that, do, that you do feel confident with following you up. Most of the time it doesn't need to happen. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you and your team, for whatever real reason, have just developed antibodies to one another. What's most important, you're the patient, feel like you can get agency of it, you look after it, you get the follow-up that you feel confident with, but also take ownership of building the trust between you and your doctors. Okay, so mind your stress. 
that's important too, okay? Not because there's a, there's a big clear link between stress and cancer, you know, it's a whole other story, okay, that we could talk about, but because stress is not nice, stress does affect our bodies, and stresses are gonna affect other aspects of your health and lifestyle and well-being, so don't, you know, ignore your stress levels, manage them, and part of managing stress is actually realizing those, thinking about those things that matter in your life, the things that you care about the things that you want to spend time doing and actually doing more of them okay not because we don't know what's going to happen but actually because we do know what's happening we know our lives now we've got our lives now and actually they need to be pretty pleasant so take this time to stock take it's all right don't get all spooked out by that it's important to take a regular stock take of your life and live a life that matters to you and that that you want to be living so it's a good opportunity to do it do it so don't, you know, lots of people said, say to me things like, you know, I'm, I'm, I do want to be kind of the person that I want to be, but there's a bit of me that doesn't, actually. There's a bit of me that wants to change stuff. That's perfectly normal. It is perfectly reasonable. So this is a good chance to start to do it, living a life that matters, okay? Remember too, with fear of recurrence, it does get better over time. There will be peaks and troughs, okay? There will be times like when you're going to have, you know, a, a, a mammogram, like when you're going to have your monthly blood results, like when you've just come out of bone marrow transplant, you know, and you're in regular, you know, blood tests, and, and you know, that's okay. Every cancer is different, and there are going to be times when they have peaks of surveillance and troughs, and whenever they're coming into a peak, you're going to get freaked out. Some people even find that, you know, a few years down the track. They always know they're a bit funny this time of year because that's the time of year it was diagnosed. It's okay, you know. There are lots of things like that that happen in our lives. It is normal. Don't try to do it alone. And just be a bit nicer to yourself. You know, if you know that you've got your mammogram coming up, your yearly mammogram, and you feel a bit weird about it, then please don't cram everything else into that week as well, you know. So just be kind to yourself actually you have been through an awful lot it's actually not a realistic expectation of yourself to think that you go through what is essentially a massive trauma and you walk out the other end feeling fabulous and confident and self-assured and you know secure and wonderful and enlightened you don't no one does you know the the bruises the, the literal bruises, the emotional scars, the physical scars, they take time to heal and be patient with yourself. And if you are showing this to someone else that you love, that you feel is not quite there with you, then I'm saying to that person who's the carer, be patient. Getting back to normal, whatever normal looks like, does not happen like that. Okay, and it doesn't happen because someone tells you that you should feel normal again. No, you shouldn't. You are you. You are a human being. You have been through a lot and you will come out the other end of it. But please, kindness is really, really important. Okay. The last thing I want to say is... Lots of people that I see with this get all spooked out about having a future. Oh, I can't make a plan, I can't go on holiday, even to the point of they don't want to buy the winter coat or the nice pair of shoes, you know, because they won't get the wear out of them. Seriously, seriously. Buy the shoes, 
have the holiday, make the plans. We all have a future. You know, we all do. We need that. Everyone who is living our lives and living them well deserves a future and so do you. So don't get all spooky and what's the word? Superstitious is the word I'm looking for about making plans, making holidays, buying things, doing things. Yes, you know, you might not feel after you've been through a lot like having a five-year plan. I don't do a five-year plan. You know, most of us barely think to next week. But do think next week. Think, ne think next month. Think within terms of months. And now I'm not saying months because, you know, ah, ah, this woman's only saying months. I'm not saying months because we don't know how much time there is, you know, until you may have to face cancer again or if you ever face it again. I'm saying months because, frankly, how many of us ever really, really, really think a lot beyond that? So we've all got to have something to look forward to. And there's this lovely sort of uh, greeting card. Sorry to quote greeting cards, but, that you know, it's this greeting card I, that I love, okay? And it says something like, you know, happiness is something to do and someone to love and something to look forward to. And so when we're trying, trying to re-kind of stitch our happiness, something to look forward to is a part of that. Okay, so there's some few ideas on, on living with being frightened about the cancer coming back. There's more ideas that there are on our website. And um, yeah, I think just realise, you know, it's normal. Of course it's normal. Your body is trying to look after you. And so it's okay. Meet it halfway. Look after it too. Okay.